I'm Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets. And I'm Anthony Latino, a.k.a. The Odds Fellow. And this is short-term high-volatility investments, your one-stop shop for sports betting and insights no matter what season is in full swing. And now, let's cash some tickets. It's a great day for a great day. This is short-term high-volatility investments. My name is Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. The Old Man Who Bets. With my main man wearing his keep betting hat. Thank you for supporting the brand, Dan. That's Aunt Latino. That is the odd fellow. Aunt, per usual, talk to the good people out there. How are we doing? You know, I've uh, settled in. Succession is back. I believe we're going to turn this into a succession podcast. I've not told you that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm HBO Max. I'm, I'm a HBO subscriber. Max. I'm in. I'm in. Great. We'll do the first half of the episode all about yep. succession. The second yeah. half of the episode will all be bachelor reactions, although Perfect. I didn't catch the first episode last yeah. night. So oh please no spoilers. People, people are slowly leaving the live stream, I think. <laughs> as soon as you mentioned the bachelor. <laughs> hey, I do a bracket. I gamify it every 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 season. So yeah. You know, hey, it shout is out, shout out to the new host, right? Yeah, I'm not even sure who it is. It's uh that is Mr. Um Jesse Palmer. Oh, an ex-NFL player. Keep Love it, to see keep that. Keep it in the Bachelor family. You know, keep it yeah, in the Vayner family. There has been a lot, of, uh, a lot of NFL players actually on the Bachelor. Uh, Clay, uh, Clay, what was his name? Clay something. Tight end for the Jaguars a couple seasons mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. And there's been a couple. Colton was a practice player. And uh, the irony of that where he was the Bachelor, it turns out he was gay. Uh, that's a bit of a whammy for any of the female contestants. But this is not a show about the Bachelor. This is not a show about succession. This is a show about short-term high volatility investments where we're combining data and sports to hopefully drive profits. We've got a good show for you guys today. We are, um, and what's the word I'm looking for? I think hot, hot, hot. As of late, I want to jinx ourselves, but holy shit, things are going well. Fire. 14, 2, and 1. By yeah, all if accounts, we were, that's uh, profitable. <laughs> if we were a house, you'd be calling the fire department because we are ablaze, quite literally. Yeah. 14, 2, and 1 since week two. We didn't do any week one bets. We had to let the data come in, at least on this show. But uh, that's pretty good. I'm nine, one and one. Ant is five and one. That's 14, two and one. I don't know how many times I could say 14, two and one. But boy, does that feel good. And that's because we're selective with our spots, right? We, we come in here we do our research. We know exactly what we want to play, why we want to play it. We articulated it for you guys. We do the work so you don't have to, hopefully. Uh, and then. And then the picks, they, they go out and they win. So let's fucking keep it hot, baby. I'm feeling pretty good. I've got three today. Ant's got one. That's a total of four on the podcast. But before we dive into that, week six, now it's week seven, but week six reactions. What are we thinking about? I just, I think we talked about it a little bit heading into week six. That is there just a disparity between good teams and bad teams? Are you starting to see that? It should be any given Sunday. It should be, you know, anybody's got uh, any dog can rise up and, and win a game. But I believe favorites on Sunday alone went eight and four against the spread. So you you did have four dogs either cover. I think three of them won outright. One of those mm-hmm. was a pick Jeff gave you with the Cardinals plus three, plus three and a half, mm-hmm. depending on when you got it. Arguably uh, the easiest cover of the week. Right. Was, I didn't even yeah. need my anti-perspirant, baby. I was Pretty just smooth, I was right? raw dog in this deodorant and it was all good. <laughs> so you had the Monday night football upset as well, which moved that, I guess, to eight and five for the week. But the other ones on Sunday were Arizona, Jacksonville, Vegas, and Seattle. Seattle lost and covered. Um, Oh, Jeff, you got to get to the, the the good people in the hat question. But look, even when you look at those matchups, I think, you know, they were kind of games. Each of those teams should have win, right? Toss up type games. When you look at the real disparity in that eight and four or eight and five, if you want to include the Monday Night Football record, mm-hmm. it was a lot of the bad teams getting beat up on a lot of the right. big spreads getting covered. Now, at some point, maybe that 
Maybe Vegas bites back. The dogs bite back. Maybe they make those spreads even larger. I think you might be seeing some of that in week seven, which we'll talk about. But that was my mm-hmm. big reaction, right? Giants shouldn't be on the field with these teams. Lions in a good spot against the Bengals at home get destroyed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even the Chiefs, they, they they hung tight. And that was a pick I had. The chalky chalk of the week, um, minus seven. That game was close for a half, a little bit into the third quarter. And then final score was, I think, 31-13. So. Yeah, and I feel like it... Um... I feel like what we're seeing in a lot of other sports is that we're coming to super good and super bad. There's a huge discrepancy. I think it's almost like tank culture, right? It's better to be really bad until you get really good in that middling ground of fighting for, you know, the wild card spot to then lose in the first first round of the playoffs is no longer a, a, a fruitful endeavor. So a lot of those teams that I think are on the cusp, like, you know, who is it? The Panthers. Are they good? Uh, the Dolphins, right. probably not, but are they good, right? Like preseason expectations, pretty high. The Giants, terrible. The Texans finally yep. rolled over. Washington, are they good? The Bears, they were there with the Packers for most of the game, even though they can't move the ball on offense. We'll and get into that cover, in a second. Right? That, was another, that was another favorite. Yep, exactly. Didn't cover, and Aaron Rodgers, he owns the Bears, right? Which is pretty, pretty, pretty epic. Um, you know, the Patriots, another one of those teams. I think a promising future, but are they good today? I mean, they're not bad, but kind of in that middling ground, right? The Raiders, the Broncos, that game was a perfect example of two teams who have stepped up and also laid epic, epic duds. So I think there's a lot uh, of of still question marks on, on, I mean, they say having any given Sunday, of course, for a reason, but you know, I, I still think there's a lot of uncertainty and I think a lot of lines this week really reflect that. Yeah, and look, we got a question in here we'll address too about the Browns Broncos or sorry, yeah, Browns Broncos Thursday night football game. So Baker Mayfield to that question just got ruled out recently, uh, meaning Case Keenum jumped in. I think one interesting thing to look at is the line movement. It was originally around three or three and a half. It's already kind of dipped to that two mark, I think, in some spots, which to mm-hmm. me is a, a little bit of an overreaction. But the counter to that for me, I think, is what I'm trying to check right now is I believe Teddy Bridgewater is back in the lineup for this Denver team, which does change things in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's going to be um, an X factor, right? He's, he's way better. And this is a Cleveland team. I mean, I think the big question here is, is Denver's defense good? You know, this is a, a Raiders team that is again, who knows? <laughs> sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. I did like to see Kenyon Drake's, um, you know, increase last year, but they, they allow 34 points on the road or Denver at home on the, uh, for the Raiders on the road. I mean, that's obviously not good. And so it's one of those things that, yeah, they've played a lot of cupcake teams, you know, right. we said their opponents, the first three weeks, the combined Oh, and nine, was it? Um, so they were a team that was wildly overachieving. I think that probably bounces back. Maybe they're properly rated now. I mean, is case Keenum that bad? I don't know. Is the team no, that gets off on the run of an anyway? Over, yeah. I think it's a bit of a reaction from the, you know, uh, overreaction on the Cleveland side and on the line Baker was banged up. And I think, you know, wasn't playing the caliber of quarterback that he wants to play. And even that he's shown flashes to play, but the downside with that Cleveland team is the injuries at the running back position. I know Mm -hmm. last week they had some offensive linemen out. Now you could tell me maybe the backs don't matter as much. They had a nice one, two punch with both of those guys potentially out. Um, Mm -hmm. You really want to rely on the offensive line and you want to rely on case Keenum, but Keenum can come in and control the game. So I think what you're looking at here is for me, you know, with that type of dip, uh, I probably actually lean Browns at home because I do mm-hmm. not believe completely in that Denver defense and in Denver overall. Remember who they beat early on, right? Those teams were at one point a combined 0 and 9, uh, you know, just straight up, right? Just 0 and 9 from a record standpoint. I'm sure a lot of them were non covers as well. But um, again, there's some uncertainty here with all the injuries. Probably a stay away game Big for time. me on a short Thursday night. But what you could look for is in game value. 
live swings because it's probably a game that tightens up by the end. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess check back with us, Jack, on uh, on Twitter because don't have a uh, <clears throat> don't have a pick on that right now. Yeah. But yeah, Chubb out, Hunt out, Baker out. I mean, who the hell knows? Definitely right. seems like a stay away game. I would look for the wind if the wind is uh, north of twenty miles per hour. Look for that under, uh, even though that didn't matter with the Cardinals last week, and that's why we love the Cardinals because they're absolutely juggernauts, no matter where, when, or what the weather is. But uh, you know, great question. Great question for sure. But Ant, let's let's dive into this week. Well, before we do that, quick, quick shout out to the sports equinox is coming up, which we have on our notes here. I'm not going to get into song again like I did a few weeks ago, but That's it what is I was truly trying to inspire. <laughs> it's the most <laughs> wonderful time of the year. I've got a bit of a cold. Perhaps I don't sound as good as I as I once did. But NHL hockey, early season, NBA basketball, early season. We've got the playoff baseball. We got NFL here. We got tons of college football games. I mean, once again, the sports equinox is here and uh it doesn't get much better than that so crack those pumpkin beers and sit back relax and, and love life i think it's kind of the doing it maybe bet a martini against your friends you know i owe yeah i owe jeff one a dirty filthy one i'm not talking any pg-13 shit either this thing's got to be r-rated olives 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 yeah maybe even blue cheese stuffed Ooh. all right anyway, we, week seven shall we week dance? seven upon us here uh we've got four picks total for you guys here yeah. um keep them coming <clears> where do you want to start fire? Uh, let's go with one of yours because then we'll do the joint in the middle. And then I think mm-hmm. we finish with another. That's all right. You know, excellent. Yeah. Ravens, perhaps. I like the Ravens. Appetizer, entree, dessert. Yeah, exactly. And we'll, mm-hmm. we'll got to cleanse the palate with dessert. That's it's right. It's a good one. That's right. It's a good one. Um, but anyway, yeah, let's start with the Ravens here. I love the Ravens. Um, they're playing the Bengals minus six, minus 110 is what I've locked in right now. Um, and, you know, I just love them at home in the division. Last season, um, they really cleaned up. I mean, they, yes, they struggled. They lost to, to the Steelers. But last year, the Steelers had the number one ranked defense and an above average offense. None of the teams in the division this year have either stats that are even close to that. So, um, you know, I can I, I feel a little bit better about that. But we're looking at at home versus the Browns, 38 to six, second game of the season last year. Bengals, 27 to three. Of course, these are not the same teams. Uh, but minus six, I think, is still a pretty healthy line. And, you know, when we look at, the, again, first divisional game at home, um, and I think this is a Cincinnati team that has overperformed a little bit. We're looking at always DVOA and Dave metrics that value uh, essentially how better than average uh, your, your team is. So it really normalizes statistics kind of across across teams, across scenario, and takes in a lot of things into account, um, like outliers. So we're looking at defense here. We've got a DVOA for 14 for the Ravens with a Dave of 11. The Bengals here, five DVOA versus 12 on the Dave. Dave is taking in preseason expectations, so it's a good indication of whether a team is overperforming and underperforming. So five versus 12. This is a Bengals team that I think is overperforming. Um, and they do have a 13th strength of schedule, or 23rd, excuse me, 23rd strength of schedule on that. So that that seems to check out, right? Those numbers make sense to me. On the offensive side of the ball, this is where we're seeing uh, a really nice discrepancy. We've got the Ravens at nine and eight, respectively, DVOA and Dave. Meanwhile, the offense here for the Bengals is 19th and 21st. So I think that's really going to be kind of the X factor here, uh, especially compared with the strength of schedule. We'll look at teamrankings.com. Strength of schedule has the Ravens at 16, uh, but they have showed up against good teams, which is what I really, really do like. The beat the Chiefs, good win on the road versus this Denver team, which as we've already discussed, we're a little unsure of, uh, but at least statistically, they were pretty good. <clears throat> Epic comeback in that Colts game and a great win versus the Chargers. And again, they usually bring it at home in the division. Have they brought it versus weaker competition this year? No, they haven't. They dropped one to the Raiders. They almost lost they to the Lions. Historically. That's that's yeah. been a team that has cleaned up. Lamar and that offense has cleaned up against bad competition in years past. 
Yep, exactly. hundred percent. And you know, like we look at things like yards per play and points per play. They're pretty similar here. Ravens offense, 6.3 yards per play. Um, and the Bengals are 5.9 points per play, 0.425 versus 0.1419, you know, almost identical there. And then on defense, pretty similar as well. Ravens are allowing 5.9 yards per play, Bengals 5.1 points per play, both hovering around 0.3. So a lot of of similarities there. And when we see those similarities, I usually do look to take uh, the underdog, right? Because same, same, all right, let's take the points, should be a good game. But I think the combination of the strength of schedule discrepancy here I think ultimately deflates those Bengals numbers, saying again that they've been overperforming. And then the historical uh, aspect of just the Ravens bringing it at home, specifically in the division, I think is a, is a real X factor to me. And I did look at uh, overall point differential between these two teams um, to kind of you know maybe offset that strength of schedule and, and see where it is. The Ravens are plus 47. The Bengals are plus 37. So again, very close, very similar. Uh, but 23 of those points for the Bengals came in one game versus the Lions. 62% of their entire point differential in one game versus one of the worst teams in the league. That, I think, also helps articulate that they are slightly overperforming. So kind of end of the day here, you know, I, I tried to find a corollary to see who the Bengals, in, in terms of similar stats, the Ravens have kept with. I looked at that Packers game. Obviously, the Packers win 25 to 23, uh, 22, excuse me. Um but that was in overtime. Mason Crosby missed an extra point and a game-winning field goal right there. There's the cover for the Packers. We, of course, were on that as a bad loss. But I think one of the big differences in that game and why I like the Bengals or don't like the Bengals here is the Packers have a number five offense, a number 23-ranked defense here where it's it's way more way more balanced for, for the Ravens. They're pretty good on both sides of the ball. So without having that glaring defense that is uh, the, uh, the defense for the Packers, I, I think the major gap into overall offensive statistics uh, between these two teams um, – is only going to be kind of exasperated based on the strength of schedule. And uh, I think the, I think the Ravens are going to roll here at minus six. Yeah. Super, super fair cap. Um, I think the Bengals have been feisty. They've been feisty all year. Um, Joe Burrow is a phenomenal quarterback. I'm glad he's healthy and glad he's playing well. Uh, He's only faced the Ravens once. If you look back at some of those matchups, Jeff referenced uh, the first one, he was still in the mix for the second one. I believe he got hurt. Um, so he was not playing in that second game, but they got walloped, scored three points in both of them. So obviously the Bengals, I think are an improved team, but they're still a young team and still kind of coming up and turning that page. So it should be a game. I think Baltimore knows they have to get and take care of business. They've kind of been a different team since, since that, that, you know, a couple of their, uh, their wins and their comebacks really, I think that chiefs mm-hmm. won was a very interesting turning point for them this year because the season could have yeah. gone a different direction. Yeah, big time, man. And especially the Colts, right? That was like the most yeah. epic fourth quarter ever, right? That kind of team, that kind of confidence is is just, you know, swagger out the ass, which I think is which is huge. And <laughs> Lamar's throwing for 400 yards a game? I mean, not quite, That's but That's different. more ways for them to beat you. Of course, they've got the old man roster of Freeman, Bell, and and Murray, uh, you know, behind, uh, behind this line. But it doesn't seem to matter because Lamar is their running back and their quarterback. And who knows? I would like to see him maybe do a little Philly special, a little Buffalo special, catch a pass one of these days. Marquise Brown. Yeah, we saw the we saw the, the Philly special on Monday night. So anything's possible. <clears throat> That'd be a tweet, uh, a, both a tweet and a treat. Uh, <laughs> and I would look forward to that. But anyway, that's pick number one for me. That's going to be a Ravens minus six. Um, sure, the Bengals are, are scrappy, but I think they've been overperforming. I think they're going to get romped here at home. So we'll yeah. see. Love it. All right, let's go to the entree. 
round of your afternoon delight here. And we're going to give you uh, two. So I don't know if you want these back to back served at the same time. We'll let we'll let the viewers, you know, make their pick there. But we are targeting the Bears Bucks, which should be a 425 game on Sunday in the week seven slate, I believe. And I am personally going with the total. So that should be under 47, which is actually a key number from a total's perspective. So good to get 47 or above. Uh, that should be sitting at a normal juice around minus 110. The reason, now I actually kind of like the Bears going into this, but the old man who bets helped and he's going to show you guys why maybe that wasn't the right side. And he questioned maybe me is. and said, maybe that's it why is. we play he, the game, right? He, he questioned me and said, can they even score? And he's right, because they can't. So diving deeper into the numbers and why we why we like the under is the Bears can't score. Justin Fields at quarterback, Andy Dalton at quarterback doesn't really matter. So when you look at their schedule, there is one common opponent here, the Rams. So we'll touch on that a little bit. Uh, they scored 14 points in a loss to the Rams. Then they scored 20 in a win, six in a loss, mm-hmm. 24 in a win, 20 in a win and 14 in a loss. So you're not getting a ton out of the bears um, overall to any totals uh, for the season. So the highest outscoring total was actually week one against the Rams, which is a third ranked offense. Um, That game was 34, 14 would have just went over this number at 48. Okay. Every other game was 38 total points or below. So Mm -hmm. Chicago has, you know, done okay. They've kind of been up and down. They've won some games they should have. I think Fields has looked competent, um, especially with Nagy scaling the offense back a little bit, but they're really not getting into the end zone. They've had some injuries. I think, um, you know, Montgomery's hurt again. That's been a little bit of an issue uh, on offense. So now you kind of flip the script and you say, well, what is Tampa Bay capable of, right? How, how does this jive on the other side? Um, so Tampa Bay defense is 16th overall, right? So kind of middle of the pack, um, you know, regressing a little bit, but when you dig deeper, they're 18th from a DVO, DVOA perspective uh, versus the pass and fifth versus the run. So they really match up well with what Chicago wants to do, which is even with fields kind of run the ball, control the clock, slow and steady. Mm-hmm. That's why when you go back to week one, it's why Dallas drew up such a pass heavy attack with Dak. Uh, clearly, Dallas is a team with a one two punch of Pollard and Zeke that can run the ball and they didn't want to do it, right? They stayed away and they kept that game tight. Um, so the Bucks actually haven't faced, you know, that many defenses even that are as good as the Bears, which I think was an interesting corollary there just to see if they can keep Tampa Bay maybe a little bit more in check, right? I think they've mm-hmm. faced overall the 10th ranked defense in Dallas, 30th ranked D in Atlanta, 4th ranked D in the Rams, 11th in New England, 26th in Miami, and 18th in Philly. So those numbers are mm-hmm. kind of all over the map. Chicago's actually 7th, sure. right? Chicago's 7th. Uh, in line with their Dave, which we've talked about from a regression standpoint of six. So they're kind of playing from a defensive standpoint exactly where you wanted. They actually moved back two spots after the game against the Packers where they did give up 24 points in a game that they kept tight for a while, ultimately didn't cover. Um, so I think what you're just going to get here, you know, is a, is a slow, steady game. I think the Bears will do enough to slow down Tampa uh, and that offense and and hopefully keep that number low. But at the end of the day, the big thing you're you're relying on too is, and I love the you know creating some turnovers there, right? Good, change the field position game, move it around, get mm-hmm. some turnovers deep in the red zone, like stall, slow this thing out. Because I think the Bears are going to try to muddy this thing up. And that's the only way, you know, they're going to keep it close if they do keep it close. Um, so I like the number under forty eight. I hope you get Tampa in here a little bit of a look ahead spot, which I definitely want you to touch on a little bit too, because they do have the Saints next week, which is then a road division game right versus an added division game you have here hosting 
the Chicago Bears. So look for that under. Look for it to be messy. Chicago Bears style uh, mess. I would love it even more if it was in Chicago, but you'd probably see the number plummet, to be completely mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, so, you know, tell me how we're going to get to <clears throat> under 47 for your pick to still hit. Yeah, I mean, you never like taking the under as well as a, yeah. as a huge favorite, right? The no no correlation there. Uh, great call from Bo in the comments. Bears really relying on the turnovers, and you know this is a Bucks team that takes care of the ball, always has been with Tom Brady at the helm. You know, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, I love that you touched upon you know, kind of the DVOA here, right? The Bucks being number five against the rush, number sixteen against the pass. We've seen offenses really exploit that secondary so far. Is it getting better? Yes. Were they pretty good against the Eagles? Yes. Are the Eagles terrible? Maybe. Maybe not. But, you know, we look at the quarterback play for this uh, <laughs> this Bears team, and it's it's almost as funny as the funniest joke you've ever heard, right? Week one, total passing yards, 206. Week two, 110. Week three, 68. Week four, 209. Week five, 117. Week six, 174. So I don't care how bad or how many yards this give up, the this, this secondary has given up. I mean, what Allen Robinson, good, good receiver, Mooney, good receiver, commit a good, a good tight end. It doesn't seem to matter right now, right? Yeah. This team is not moving the ball in the air and the Bucks rush D is one of the best in the league. They're five in terms of DVOA. Uh, and you know, they stifle the run against top running backs. I don't think the double backup, you know, Khalil looked pretty good, uh, last week, Khalil Herbert, but six round pick. I mean, welcome to the gauntlet, my man. If you can put up against this team, then fine. Kudos to you. I'll happily be wrong. But, you know, the other side of the ball here, right? This is a, a the Bucks team that seemingly can win how they want. You said it, right? Number one in the pass on offense, number six in the rush. So people think about this as a pass out of the offense, but they'll find the way to open up the play action. Yeah, that running uh, game is not far rock. behind, right? You saw it last week with Leonard Fournette seemed to get mm-hmm. going both, you know, quick screens, which obviously count in the passing game, but also just running the ball hard out of the backfield. Um, Fournette is a change man, too, and he's been good all year. Yeah, he's looking like playoff Lenny here in the regular season, which I I really appreciate. And, you know, I looked at a couple of games when the Bears have played either good quarterbacks or good running backs. They've lost and not covered Rams. They lose by 20 Browns. They lose by 20 Packers. They lose by 10. All of those things. Not good. The Bucks team has both. Right. Both of those. So. You know, at the end of the day, I think the Pucks bat, bass defense, of course, their biggest weakness, but they look solid. So, you know, major offensive woes for the Bears against above average defense. Uh, Tom Brady with a career cover rate coming into the year of 58.3 over 343 games, I believe it was. Uh, that is the closest thing to blindly betting a sure thing since Floyd Mayweather going 50 and 0. Like that just doesn't happen, right? The best betters in the world cash at 56 57 maybe 58 percent tom brady alone covers at a 58.3 cover rate they're also coming off a brutal no cover on a two-point conversion then a kneel down on the opponent 10 i love them as a bounce back spot here i got it at 12 and a half minus 110 i believe that line is currently available on DraftKings, uh but it should be should be available anywhere i was also seeing i think plus, minus 13 and a half at plus money anything under 14 i think is a good play uh and what should be a relatively ugly game but i think one that the bucks cruise cruise pretty easily let's go 33 10 33 10 that works 33 10 sweat free maybe 25 nothing at the half and then they get uh you know well hey look get one td these teams did play early in 2020 and it was in chicago right no this is pre-justin fields who's obviously a you know passing extraordinaire Mm -hmm. and Nagy's a mastermind but it was the bucks 19 the bears 20 okay 
So we don't want that revenge spot for Brady. We he doesn't want he wants that. to avenge that loss. But <laughs> look, you can see how muddy and murky and messy that game got. It was actually there was in counting it up, twenty-seven points scored at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, nine, no, can't count. Twelve total scored in the second half. So again, even if you see some first half fireworks, especially in a big game, to just point a blowout, maybe this thing slows and the pace slows in the in in the second half. Yeah, for sure. And two other stats. I'm hitting you with. I'm looking at the team power rankings from teamrankings.com. Home games, number one in the league, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Away games, number 25 in the league, the Chicago Bears. Non-divisional games, the Bucks, number seven in the league, the Bears, number 23 in the leagues. And perhaps a spot to target here, I mean, maybe first and second half, the Bucks three on the first half, the Bears, number 10. Um, so a nice little seven point yeah, discrepancy there, down. but this really opens up in the second half Bucks second half, 14th best, the bears 28th best. So That's right. there's just everything pointing to uh pointing to, to Tampa Bay for me here. Uh, sure. It's chalk, but you know, if there's ever a time to ride chalk again, it's Tom Brady at that 58.3 well, career transition chalk into dessert. And we'll try and get the people out of here with some quick hitting analysis for why you're laying some chalk with the final dessert pick dessert option of the day. Yeah, this one is is tasty. This is chalky. This is a, a a dark chocolate lava cake with a nice raspberry puree, perhaps some homemade ice cream, a nice vanilla bean, and boy, am I salivating! We're looking at the Cardinals minus seventeen and a half, minus one ten here. Yeah, that's a big number, but we're big boys, aren't we, Ant? Is it too big? Um, I don't think so. You know, since twenty sixteen, teams that have uh, been between sixteen and eighteen and a half. The underdog is winning, but it's eight you're, seven, you're, which is right where Vegas wants trend, it to be. Right, right? right where Ve- yeah, Vegas knows what yeah. they're doing and setting these lines. Right? <laughs> Small sample size, right down yeah. the middle. That's not telling me anything. So anybody out there that's hitting you with the well, that's too many points. I mean, maybe it is, but not because it's a lot of you know, not because of the trend of, yeah. of major uh, favorites. Not covering anyway. Um, this is not scaring me. Let's dive in. We look at you know the Cardinals. We loved them last week as underdogs, cashed easily. I wish the Cowboys were playing this week, so I could have thrown them on my card because they are relentless and they keep covering undefeated um, against the spread. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we, we only we faded them week one. That, but hey, hey. It doesn't it matter how you get there as long as you get there, right? <laughs> We've been on the wrong side of that plenty of times, but. Let's go. Dave and DVOA are two favorite individuals here. Cardinals defense, number two, DVOA, number three, Dave. Fantastic. Texans defense, number 20, DVOA, number 25, DV, uh, Dave. Terrible. Texans. Uh, oh, sorry. That was, yeah, that was defense. Cards, uh, cards offense here, seven and nine. Texans office, 31 and 32. Points per play, a huge 6.1 versus 5.0. Uh, and then on the defense, uh, also a wonderful split that leans towards the Cardinals. So all of the obvious, of course, points, uh, <laughs> points to the Cardinals. That's why they're 17 and a half point favorites. But we did go a little bit deeper here um, in terms of looking at strength of schedule. The Cardinals have the number fourth ranked strength of schedule per team rankings. Houston as at 25. So not only have they been putting up, they've been putting up against great team. Would I either have one extra finger or four extra toes? Question from Emily in the comments. Probably one extra you're finger, four extra Texans, toes. You're, you're taking all the extra you can get. Yeah, big time. They're taking all extra limbs. They're looking like Doc Ock and, and Spider-Man coming out there. And they, even that, I don't think is going to help them, right? Um, but yeah, I think the the Cardinals here, are they're moving the ball at an insane pace against far better teams. You know, they've put up 30 plus points in five out of six games. 
Um, and, you know, if you're looking at like, you know, matchups, do they get up against bad teams? I think the biggest area of concern here is their performance versus the Jaguars, where they only won by 12, 31 to 19. But we look a little deeper at that box score wise. First quarter, they allowed zero points. Fourth quarter, they allowed zero points. Third quarter, they only allowed six points. So there was one bad quarter, and that was the second quarter where they allowed 13. Uh, but nonetheless, and we're one, looking, of those, one of those yeah, points, a full seven, I believe, unless they botched something with the extra point, was a kick six, as they refer to it in the biz. Mm-hmm. It was a short field goal. They tried from like 60 because Cliff, you know, he has no fear. And sure. uh, the Jags returned that missed field goal for a touchdown right before halftime. So excellent. That's very important context. Yeah. That doesn't happen. They cover that game easily. Right. But even in Justin, I don't think it's a trap. I think 17 and a half, I think taking the That's points is the line. trap. That's here. a strong line. I think line, it's a yeah. very strong line yeah. here. Um, I think taking the points because, you know, there are NFL teams uh, plus 17 and a half. Oh, it's too many. I think that's the trap you're falling into. But I did want to go deeper on that game. Right. <clears throat> Jacksonville, not a good team. That's fine. But we look at this offensive sample for the <clears throat> for the Texans, right? <clears throat> 31 uh, in the league here. And that's 28th in terms of the pass and 30th in the rush. Bad and bad. This Jacksonville offense, 30th versus the pass. Number one against the rush right here. And what happened in that game? James Robinson ran 15 for 88 in a touchdown. That's 5.9 yards per carry. Hyde went eight for 44. That's 5.5 yards per carry. And Lawrence was six for 27. That's 4.5 yards per carry. So they did perform well on the one thing that the data shows they should have performed well. So we're going to trust the data and find that the Texans don't perform well literally anywhere. Um, and you know, we saw them with a, almost a miracle win versus the Patriots. Then what do they do? They come out and they get blown out 31 to three the next week. That's the Texans we're expecting here on a team that can seemingly do no wrong. Uh, and let's, let's keep that going. Give me the chalk. Give me the Arizona Cardinals minus 17 and a half minus one ten. Yeah. Keep in mind, no Tyrod Taylor. They got the win with Tyrod at the helm against the bad Jacksonville team in week one. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've had some close games since Jeff mentioned the Pats game, but is it finally too much? You know, the Davis Mills experiment laying down this past week after a tough uh, Patriots comeback that they allowed. So it might just be donezo. Dunzo. Just like the show, guys. Thank you so much for listening. That's four picks for you. That's going to be Ravens minus six. That's going to be Bucks minus 12 and a half. That's going to be the under 47 in the Bucks Bears game from Ant. And the final one for me, the Cardinals minus 17 and a half minus 110. This is, this was, and this will always be short term high volatility investments. Thank you so much for listening. This will be available tomorrow, Thursday, on any podcast platform that you consume. Your podcast will be live every week moving forward at 115 on Wednesdays. Bring the questions, bring the heats. Thanks for listening. Cheers, all. 